Welcome to the Passive Mobile Home Park Investing Podcast with your host, Andrew Keel. This is the podcast where you can get the education you need to invest 100% passively in the highly profitable niche of mobile home parks. Welcome to the Passive Mobile Home Park Investing Podcast. This is your host, Andrew Keel. And today we have an amazing guest in one of my friends, Mr. Corey Woodruff of CMH Capital. But before we dive in, I want to ask you all a real quick favor. Would you mind taking an extra 30 seconds and heading over to iTunes to rate this podcast with five stars? This helps us get more listeners, and it means the absolute world to me. So thank you for making my day with that review of the show. All right, let's dive in. Corey currently owns and operates 1,600 lots with another 1,200 set to close over the next 60 days. Corey used to work as a president of sales in the RV travel world before leaving his full-time six-figure paying job in August of 2020 to go into mobile home parks full-time. Corey has a large mobile home park wholesaling business in addition to his current holdings. Uh, He also has three kids, three dogs, and is getting married in August of 2021. Corey, welcome to the show. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, let's dive right into the questions here. Can you tell us about your story and how you got into manufactured housing? Um, yeah, so, you know, long story short, um, you know, I grew up uh, grew up in an extremely poor family, um, you know, not just uh, parents, um, uncles, aunts, cousins, uh, everybody just seemed to uh, seem to struggle. So obviously I was told the same thing that everybody else was told, which was you go to college and you're going to be a millionaire. So uh, I did that. Um, quickly realized that that was not the case, but I finished, I wrestled. So I finished, I got my degree. And when I came home, I realized very fast that, uh, having a college degree does not mean you are going to be a millionaire. Um, so I got, uh, I got my job in sales, uh, technically, you know, not using my degree and, um, I did really well. So I saved up some money and, uh, I wanted to, uh, I wanted to flip houses. That was kind of my, my vision. And then I quickly realized with a 400 credit score and 20,000 in cash, you were not going to be flipping mobile home or flipping houses. So uh, I had a terrible credit score and I only had 20 grand. And like I said, I didn't have, I didn't know private money existed. So, um, you know, I went to this mobile home park and said, Hey, I have 20 grand. I want to fix up these 10. I picked the, you know, the crappiest mobile home park in town. I said, Hey, I want to fix up these abandoned homes he had like 20 of them and i was like i'll give you 100 bucks each and i'll fix them up and he's like no he didn't want to do it so i went back to a month later and um about two months later and i had 40 at that time or maybe 50 i had fifty thousand at that time and he said look keep 10 grand in your pocket give me 40 i'll finance the rest i didn't know anything about mobile home parks but i knew that real estate people they always had money so i was like all right i'm just gonna buy this thing and just see what happens and then uh you know, once I purchased it, I found Frank and Dave's course. I took the course, and um, so we bought it at two fifty, and uh, we sold fifty percent of it for seven hundred fifty thousand last year. And uh, so I still own fifty percent of it, and uh, we sold it for seven fifty. So I, you know, I did good on it. Yeah, so that's yeah, kinda, man. And that was your very first one. Yeah, that was your very first one, and that was in was that in Michigan? Yep, that was in uh, that was in Michigan. Um, still own it today. It's a great park. Um, but uh, yeah, that was in Michigan. And uh, so I bought that uh, five years ago and, uh, you know, been here. Now I'm here. Awesome. Awesome. Corey, what has been the toughest hurdle for you in the business? 
You know, the, the toughest hurdle, I would say the attention to detail. So I'm not an attention to detail kind of guy. I'm a go out and buy 20 homes in three days and work it out later kind of guy. Um, you know, so I think, uh, I think if you were to speak to all my investors, they'll say, Corey's trustworthy. Corey will do anything we ask him to do. He works really hard. He makes us money, but God, if organiza- if we graded Corey on organization and attention to detail, I'd say a, a C minus, you know what I mean? Um, so I, I naturally, um, I spent money to surround myself with people that do have attention to detail or that are, don't want me to yell at them. So they pay good attention to detail. <laughs> Um, you know, but I, it's gotten, it's gotten much better over time. Um, but it was extremely stressful feeling like I was letting people down by not paying attention to detail. Um, so that, that, that's been my biggest hurdle because the details matter. The, the one permit you miss, uh, you know, in my Ohio, in my Mansfield park, we were hauling in homes and, uh, and little did we know we were missing a permit and, uh, and it was a nightmare dealing with it. We're still dealing with it today. I'm trying to get all these fixed. So, that was something I let my investor down on. So I, you know, that wasn't, that wasn't an enjoyable experience, but attention to detail is important. Um, it's just not my strength. So we do, you know, what, what guys like us do is we surround ourselves with people that have attention to detail, you know? Totally. Yeah. How do you handle the management of your parks and your, your current 1600 lots? Yeah. So we obviously have onsite managers for each. So those onsite managers are dealing with, uh, with the smaller stuff, you know, making sure the home goes on the right lot, making sure the electricians are doing what they're supposed to be doing. And then we have three people in office that um, just just this week, we separated into regions now. So, um, you know, we own enough in, you know, Illinois now to where, you know, Illinois and Iowa to where one person just deals with Illinois and Iowa. One person deals with Michigan and Ohio um, and so on and so forth. So we've kind of split them up into regions now. Awesome. And how often do you or someone from your team visit those parks? Yeah, you know, I actually, I don't necessarily like to travel, um, but it, it, but it gives me, um, it gives me time to kind of game plan. So I, I really enjoy driving. Um, so, you know, I've been out to my Iowa and Illinois ones twice in two weeks, um, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, buying homes, but still stopping in. So usually it's me doing the on-site stuff um, just because I feel like if you're, if I'm managing at a thousand foot view over the three people that are managing the managers, if I'm not on site to see what's going on, then really I don't, I, I don't really know a lot of what's going on. That's just how I do it. I'm not saying other people that do it differently are wrong. It's just, I'm the one who's usually doing the on-site stuff. For sure. So just, I just want to clarify. So you have 1600 lots with 1200 closing in the next 60 days and you got a three person team and yourself managing it i mean you got to be on a hiring frenzy to uh to account for 1200 more lots right yeah yeah no it's it's gonna get uh it's gonna get a little crazy here in the next uh, in the next 60 days for sure yeah yeah tell us you know how do you get 1200 lots you know closing at one time you know how do you find all these deals you know i think that's probably the number one question you probably get asked by people in the facebook groups and things that we're a part of you know you seem to, to have a never ending supply of deal flow. Uh, what's your secret? Yeah, it's like, you know, um, the, the timeshare sales world is a very, um, 
quick and, and, and go hard, um, you know, sales process. And I watched a lot of people fail because they overcomplicated the process. And, you know, we would have guys that would take a sales presentation and take four hours. I got mine done in 45 minutes. Um, and I sold way more than them. So anyway, so my point is, is I learned there that simple is better. So basically when you break down how to get more deals, it's just simplify it. Um, so the more calls you make, the more hours you call equals the more calls you make, which equals the more people you're going to talk to, which means the more people that you're going to find to sell. But finding the people that are wanting to sell in the cold call game, a lot of people think that's where the process stops and it isn't. So these people, sometimes it is literally as simple. Last week, we had a guy that said he wasn't going to sell for the next two years. Um, so we scheduled him for three months later. We called him three months later and he had just broke his leg. You know, obviously that's an unfortunate event for him, but it was enough to set him off. And he was like, Hey, I just broke my leg. I'm going to be in a cast for the next six months or whatever. Um, I'm 75 years old. I'm done. Um, so he, he, we have a signed contract today for uh, seller financing. So I'm out here in Illinois and we're signing a contract for seller financing and, and deal for Virginia. Um, so, you know, it's, it's the follow-up that's the most crucial part. And, and um, it's like I was telling somebody the other day, the price, I mean, and it's something I'm sure you ran into too, where you've talked to somebody over the course of a year, five or six times, they've been good conversations, you've been emailing them, all that. And it's like these old mom and pop owners are, are not always necessarily looking for the highest bid. They're looking for a fair price. And they're also looking for someone that's going to take care of their baby for the next 30 years. So when you portray yourself, and we are, right? I mean, uh, you know, we're not, we're not, not going to take care of the property, but when you portray yourself as that and you become more of a grandson to them or a child to them, they're more likely to want to deal with you. So when you, you know, when you relate to these people, just as in timeshare sales, my goal was always to become their grandkid or their child um, while I'm there. Um, and uh, that seemed to have worked. So building a relationship and making sure you follow up and, and just hitting the dialer, man. That's awesome. What other similarities have you seen carry over from your time in the, the timeshare uh, sales world that, you know, maybe you use today? Rejection. Um, so in the timeshare world, you are lights out. Um, you are considered amazing. If you're getting told no seven of 10 times. Hmm. So if you're getting told no seven to 10 times, you're a legend in that business. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, and, the, and it's funny, but I mean, hundred people, um, and, uh, and, and 80 of them or 90 of them tell us, no, that just does not phase me these days, you know, or I'm used to it. I've been, that's, you know, that's just the world I've, I've lived in the last seven sure. years. Yeah, no, that's a very good point. Uh, Corey, what are the most important things that passive investors, you know, limited partners need to look out for when investing into mobile home parks? Um, I would say, you know, the hidden infrastructure costs. Um, is that kind of what you're referring to? Like when people are putting money in with guys like myself, what do they have to look for? Yeah. Just what, what things, you know, on the surface level, would they not know, you know, if they were coming from a different asset class, right. And they're chasing yields, they found mobile home parks. They heard that the returns are great. You know, mm -hmm. what on the surface level, they might not see some of the, you know, items like you're talking about infrastructure. Yeah. You know, the infrastructure, the tenant base is much different. Um, and also, um, I always tell every investor that ever invests with me, I say, hey, here are the returns that we're targeting. Um, but this, these projects will always give you heartburn 
a lot more than cash flow for the six months, for the first six months. Um, so I always tell them that. I mean, you always, it's always, we can almost make any park look great when looking at a pro forma, right? Um, and then you get into them and there's just, you know, multiple other things. So, you know, I always just let everybody know that, you know, not every deal is perfect. The pro forma shows 100% collections, that kind of stuff. I mean, um, you have to, you have to deal with the good and the bad on it, you know? Yeah, no, totally. Uh, what is the the CMH capital deal criteria, you know, and and why? Um, yeah, so I mean, deal criteria. We like to see you know a twenty percent cash on cash return on it. Um, we like to see uh, majority tenant owned homes, um, and we like to see uh, you know paved roads, city water, city sewer, and we like to be in um, in major in major metros, but it seems like, you know, these, these cities, uh, I'm sure you're familiar with your own parts in Minnesota, but, you know, it seems like some of these cities in Minnesota don't have metros, but they have great, a great po growing population. They have great median home price. They have good incomes. Um, and it seems like some of those cities without metros are, are work just fine as well. Um, so, you know, the, the city and the metro doesn't me mean as much to me as the statistics that come with it, you know? Um, yeah. But, but after these, you know, these 1200 close, I think we're going to be looking for the, for the big boys now. Um, you know, that's, that's where we're going to be. Very nice. Uh, I guess I'll follow it up with this one then, you know, what does the perfect mobile home park look like in your eyes and why? Yeah. hundred spaces there above all tenant owned homes, hundred percent full and uh, 150 bucks below lot rent. <laughs> 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 yeah, if you find any of those, you better, uh, yeah, you better bring them to me first, right? No doubt. <laughs> uh, Corey, what common mistakes do new operators make? I think um, they 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 expect perfection, but don't plan for the imperfection of mobile home parks. I think that's the big one, and I also think the space is so hot. Um that people just want to buy their first deal and they'll, and they'll buy it any way they can. And, and I think, um, you know, some of these deals that people are buying, I think, you know, are, are not going to go well because they're just trying to get in the space to say they're in the space. And, and I know that because I used to kind of play like that. I, when I, when I was just getting started, I just wanted more, and there was like five deals that fell apart on me in year two that just devastated me. And, and I always like to go back to the deals that I used to look at when I was, I say younger, but you know, younger in the business. I mean, I've been in the business five years. Um, I'm still not an expert, not even close. And, um, and I like to look back at those deals and evaluate the deals that I wanted to do really bad. And I just look at them and I think, oh my gosh, I'm so happy those didn't go through because we'd be struggling with them. Um, and uh, so I think that's the main thing. And I think, uh, you know, I, I like doing that because it also shows my growth. You know, my my investors really like the fact when we pitch them a deal and they say, hey, I want to do the deal. And then I dig into it a little bit more and I'm like, no, we're not doing that. Um, we're going to move on. And, and they like that because, you know, obviously guys like us we get paid an acquisition fee so we're motivated to close deals um and uh you know we get paid management fees and that kind of stuff um so you know they, they obviously like that we're that we turn deals away just as you do i'm sure you know um so yeah yeah some can be uh you know more of a headache than uh you know than you expect so 
Absolutely. Uh, you know, making sure due diligence is done is uh, a huge, it's of huge importance, most definitely. Corey, what hurdles does the manufactured housing industry face moving forward? Hmm. I think, um, I don't know, that's a tough question. Yeah, with inflation or maybe, you know, a $15 minimum wage, you know, how do you think those things would would affect, uh, you know, your day-to-day? Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. Obviously, I worry about inflation, but I mean, you know, it seems as though, you know, as stuff gets more expensive, I mean, it seems like, a, a, you know, affordable housing is, is, is something that's going to be a, even more of a hot commodity to have. And and watching how well mobile home parks compared to other commercial real estate during COVID. I mean, I, you know, I guess I'm, I'm maybe I'm a little bit too optimistic about mobile home parks, but I mean, um, you know, I think the challenges are what they are. I mean, obviously when the, you know, when the economy gets bad, everybody suffers, but even then, I mean, uh, affordable housing becomes more of a hot commodity, you know, when things are, are bad, you know, um, yeah, I'm not real sure how to answer that. What what would you say to that? I guess let me learn from you a little bit. Hey, you turn the tables. I like it. Yeah, uh, I just don't have no, really I think you got some good insights there, right? I mean, as uh, you know, you know, recession resistant as the asset class is, you know, I think we saw that during COVID. You know, yeah. when when people were uh, out of work and laid off, you know, people kind of go down a level, right? Like the Class A moves into Class B, Class B to C, you know, Class C to mobile home parks. And, you know, our occupancy level stayed high. So I think, you know, kind of what you said, affordable housing uh, is always in need, whether it's a recessionary time when people are moving down and then also in, you know, times that are good, right? Like home prices right now are through the roof. So people can't afford a new house. So, you know, this is a good option for them. You know, one, one of the things, okay. I have actually have a, I think a good answer for this one. It's a tough question, but so I, it's not something that I do and I don't think it's something that I see you doing. Um, but I think some of these guys that are buying at market rents at a five cap, but in plan on steadily increasing over 10 years, I think some of those purchases could end up getting in trouble if the economy crashes and their appraisals aren't coming in as, as, as aggressive on cap rate. Um, and, the, and their balloons pop and they can't get their money out because their appraised value isn't coming in. And they also can't hold it because their balloons come and do and nobody yeah. will do the financing on it because the appraisal doesn't match it. So I think that could be an issue later on down the road because, I mean, the, the strategy is great in a great economy. You buy it at five and you do your market research and you see the comps all selling at four and a half and fives and you raise rents on 200 tenants, $10 at, you know, every year for 10 years and then sell it at a five, you win, right? You, you win, you get good returns like that. But if they wait too long and in year 10, they go to refinance and the market crashes, you're screwed. Um, you're not going to get the appraisal you're hoping for. Maybe they appraise at a seven or an eight and, and you're, and you're breaking even, or you're losing money. So yeah. I think that that's a danger, you know? Oh, totally. Yeah. Uh, Corey, what's the value proposition at CMH capital and you know, what makes you guys different? Um, I think what makes us different is, um, I don't know about different, but what makes us special? I mean, there's plenty of people out there that are just like us. Um, what makes us special, I think, is, uh, is we go above and beyond to, to, 
to find deals. Uh, we, we call nonstop. I mean, um, I think myself as the CEO, I spent four days and uh, four days out of seven in Iowa last week. And we did really well buying homes. So on Monday, I left again, uh, and I'll be gone for another five days to buy homes. So, um, you know, we filled 25% of our vacant lots in our three-part portfolio we just bought in one week. Um, and that's 70 lots that we have to fill. And we're hoping to, you know, fill another 25% this time. So I just think uh, the work ethic, I mean, uh, you know, my my refusal to grow up or to live like how I grown up, um, you know, and, and make money. And I think uh, I think that helps. And then, uh, you know, we're trustworthy. You know, if we if we see something on a deal and we realize that us taking, you know, 30 percent ownership isn't going to get the investors the return we want, then we go a little bit lower to make sure it works for them. Um, you know, I would say that, like I said, I don't think it makes us different, but I think it makes us special. Yeah, no, I think one thing about you, Corey, and uh, your company is just you, uh, you are a hustler, man. I mean, I always see you, you know, out on the road and, you know, getting deals out there through your wholesaling. And, you know, I know we just closed on one that, uh, that you assigned to us. That was a good deal. So uh, yeah, keep it up, man. You're doing a, you're doing a good job and it's awesome to, to see and, you know, see as you, as you mature in the business and continue to acquire, it's, it's pretty great. So yeah, Corey, cool. I, appreciate it. I was just trying to catch you, man. <laughs> <laughs> you caught me, man. You got me now. You got, you got more lots than I do. Uh, Corey, tell me this. How can listeners get a hold of you if they would like to do so? Yeah. Facebook. Um, my email is Corey at cmhcapitalinc.com. Um, those are usually my, my best. I've, I've had a couple people get a little bit upset because they've emailed me and they didn't get a response for a week, but we're, we're, we're trying our best to keep up with everything. And, uh, you know, sometimes when it's, uh, you know, an email that doesn't involve the parks, it, it does get pushed off a little bit, but, uh, so I apologize for anyone that emails that doesn't get a response right away, but it's the way it is right now. Hey, you got to prioritize the deals, right? Yeah. I, I totally get that. Well, thank you so much, Corey, for coming on the show. It was a pleasure having you. Uh, that's it for today, folks. Thank you all so much for tuning in. All right. Thanks, man. Would you like to see mobile home park value add projects in progress? If so, follow us on Instagram at Passive MHP Investing for photos and awesome videos from our recent mobile home park acquisitions. Once again, that's at Passive MHP Investing on Instagram. See you there.